Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The thing is, a congregational meeting, I like to have a few weeks just to talk about the things um, to do with the congregation, the reality of what we're talking about. Now, today, I think the, it says the ancient, ancient pattern of the faith. That's a, that's a saying that everybody knows in Christianity, the ancient pattern. Um, it's not what we find in Christendom, but it's certainly uh, a fact. And the ancient pattern of faith is the Lord's way. It, it is not the obsolete way, okay? Because it's ancient, doesn't make it obsolete. Now, the church can grow with, with the, uh, the uh, abilities and the opportunities that the world may afford for getting the message of Christ out. That we do and should do. Otherwise, we'd go up to the top of a mountain somewhere and build a monastery and just be up there and talk about how holy we are. That doesn't work. Never did. It was never intended. But in the three weeks we got before our, our congregational meeting, I want you to consider these things. This little congregation, I've known uh, some of the men that have been here before, um, and the ones that I know are all men that have come from the uh, idea of preaching the Bible. We call them restoration preachers from the restoration movement. Um, Gail's, Gail's dad, that was, I think, the first preacher here when they just had that little building over here where we that we have our classes and our, our fellowship. <clears throat> he was a preacher from the Restoration Movement. He went to school in the same place that Guy Humphreys, if you remember him, um, in, back in Ohio in Cincinnati. Um, restoration preachers. Um, now, what's that mean? Is that just another group uh, like uh, Methodist and Presbyterian and all? No. Restoration preachers were men that basically the ones that we know about in America came from other groups like the Presbyterians, the Methodists, the, even the Episcopalians um, because they decided instead of men's gospel they were going to preach the apostles' doctrine and the scriptures alone. That's the difference. Now, that's a wonderful idea to have. Unfortunately, it, it hasn't, uh, well, fortunately, many, many millions have been blessed by the work they did. But we need to continue. Um, I just noticed there's a book laying on our, our table in there. 
And the title of the book is Restoration Cut Short. <laughs> you read the book, you'll find out why. It has been cut short as far as, as that. It's come to a, a screaming halt a hundred years ago. We've been struggling uh, to try to keep this ancient pattern of the faith alive within the Restoration Churches, uh, which is, are the Churches of Christ, the Christian Churches, if you're looking for a name on the building. And every, every one of these men, uh, from uh, Brother David, who's uh, now retired, and, and uh, he's, he's from that, that group, uh, from the restoration group in, in Oregon, where he came from, and um, all of these, even Dean Kinzer, who many of you don't remember. I know one or two of you do. Uh, these, these men tried and are continuing to try, in, in David's case, to restore the faith. Here's the thing. Restoration is restoring the faith back to the church, back to the church and offering it to all others. It's not a reformation because reformation of the church means they're reforming the church. We don't reform the Lord's church. The reformation movement in Europe, we're trying to reform the Catholic church. That's a whole other job. They didn't get it done either, by the way. Um, and that's, that's you're fighting a battle there. Um, that's not going to happen. We don't, don't worry about the reformers or this church or that church. Worry about what the Bible teaches. Um, and when you hear people reading, presenting scriptural facts, such as Brother Roger here and and all of us as we speak to you, um, this is what matters. So today, I want to ex express to you why the ancient pattern for the assemblies of Christ is so very important. In our assembly here, we are trying to hold to the ancient pattern as far as the doctrine goes, the teaching goes. You know, they didn't have a single building in Palestine that looked like this place. And they didn't have uh, electric lights and all the other things. So it's just, that's not the ancient pattern, friends. <laughs> We're just meeting here because a lot of good folks did a lot of things in the past to supply this building so that the ancient pattern would continue in Coolidge, Arizona. That's what they wanted. That's what the Lord wants in that way. Now, um, the ancient pattern, of course, are the teachings of the Lord's apostles and the Lord himself, of course. This is what nearly all churches say about themselves. I have... I spent a, a couple of years just studying every religious group I could find uh, within Christendom and then even some outside of that, just for my own information. But nearly every group, actually, 
they all want to call themselves the ancient, uh, they follow the ancient pattern. Matter of fact, the, uh, the uh, Latter-day Saints call themselves the Restoration Church. They've restored the, the, the church by a special uh, uh, vision and all from a man, none of, it, none of it being true, of course. Nonetheless, they use the words. They're talking about the same thing that I'm talking about. Unfortunately, they don't follow the apostles' doctrine. Matter of fact, they have new apostles every year they meet. But they're not, they're not the Lord's apostles. So every church says this about themselves, but the proof is in the teaching uh, that the leadership uh, either allows to teach or is teaching themselves. That's the difference. If it's from God's word, it's valid and useful and needs to be studied, not criticized, not critiqued, studied in the best form that we can study it with all the tools and things that we have. We've got wonderful tools in this world today for studying the Bible, much better than 500 years ago. Our access and our ability to understand and learn is so much easier to do except for one thing. We're too distracted to even care about studying most times. We've been led around by the system that Roger was exposing here in his group. It's, it's not a good thing. So we need to put the thing that's number one in our life first. Our covenant with the Lord our faith in the kingdom of God. That's, that's number one. The things of the kingdom, those are the things that we seek. The other things that we need will be added to us. Kingdom seekers, what we ought to be. This does not mean that we're not going to use modern technology to teach the Bible and, and uh, spread the news, the good news, because we do. We do what we are able to use. But I got a, a good example in the scriptures uh, of what I'm talking about. And it's found in the letter to the church in Philippi. By the way, that little... That, well, I don't know how little it is. I didn't look at the... But that, that city of Philippi is an interesting thing. You know, the city was founded and named after Alexander the Great's dad, Philip. He was a powerful general and, and a ruler himself. But it was founded long ago. And it's right on the north north side of the Aegean Sea that runs up along Greece, on the eastern coast of Greece. Philippi is right up there along with uh, a number of two or three other uh, cities. Um, and that city was full in, in the days of the apostles. That city was full of retired Roman soldiers and officers and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, it was a Roman city. 
they had they had made it a real Roman bastion, and yet the gospel was preached there, and and saw great success. Um, and this epistle here that uh, Paul wrote, he wrote from prison in Rome. This is one that he wrote. He wrote a number of others. So all of these things um, are interesting. And another thing I did today is that I um, I have this. I think uh, Brother David uh, introduced me to this scripture, the Syriac New Testament. This is considered, well, actually, it's known to be the oldest um, rendering of the New Testament um, in any other language outside of the, some of the Greek documents. Um, but this was put together in uh, the Syriac, which is actually the language that, of, the, of the Palestine at that time, along with Greek and Hebrew. And, um, but it's, um, it was, it's been translated many years ago um, for um, different people, but this was translated into the English language in about 1893 by uh, James Murdoch. And, and it's been around ever since. But it's listed as one of those uh, forgotten books. <laughs> it is forgotten. Uh, but it is a good New Testament in, in English, very easy uh, to read. Um, Syriac Pesciuto is what it's called. Pesciuto means the, um, the translation is uh, in a, in a word-by-word is the language of the common person. Um, the best word that people understand. Uh, and it's not a, a book full of uh, theological terms that are, are not understood by so many. So in uh, Philippians, I'm just going to look at a few of the first verses because I think when I read this, Philippians chapter 1, first 11 verses, I see how a congregation should be uh, conducting themselves. I see what pleases the Lord. What pleases the Apostle Paul pleases the Lord. Um, matter of fact, there's a greeting from the Father and from the Lord uh, uh, Jesus, the Messiah, as he's called in this. And that's one thing that I'll, I'll explain here. But I want to just look at uh, the first thing that I, we had in our outline is Jesus the Messiah. Um, by the way, this translation was known to exist in 200 A.D. They were using it. See, there was a strong Christian contention from what we call the area of not only Palestine, uh, where Antioch in that area, and but north of there, all the way into uh, Lebanon and Armenia and that area, there was a strong Christian influence um, in the early days. Many, many. Uh, long before it ever traveled, uh, uh, in the, at the same time actually, that it traveled into Europe towards Rome and, and points uh, to, the, to the west. But um, so 280. That's a, that's an old uh, that's an old translation. It's a version of the Bible, a version of the New Testament. 
and it, it reads very well. As a matter of fact, it, this is the New Testament version that on the heading of uh, the Apocalypse or Revelation, it, it states that um, it states that uh, it was written by John, the legate, uh, as he was imprisoned by Nero on the Isle of Patmos. Now, that doesn't sound like 90-something A.D. to me that you'll, you'll find in any university of Christianity. John wrote Revelation in the 90s. This translation, the way, and this is from the original, uh, it's all there uh, as far as that. Yeah, that's what it says. And it's written in the original language, and then below in English it's translated. The revelation which was made by God to John the Evangelist in the Isle of Patmos, to which he was banished by Nero, the emperor. Nero was emperor in Rome from 54 A.D. to 68 A.D. That's the time period that John was there. And uh, we just have to understand that. Now, you're just not going to find this information uh, everywhere. Matter of fact, you find just the opposite. I want to read the first two verses of Philippians. And we've read Philippians many times. I know all of you have. But listen to how this has been translated in, in, in 200 A.D. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus, the Messiah, to all the saints that are in Jesus, the Messiah, at Philippi, with the elders and deacons. Verse 2. Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. I don't know of another translation that uses the word Messiah there uh, that I have, and I have a number of them at home. The other interesting thing is that the uh, definite article is found between Jesus and the Messiah, but not in but not in the Greek. It's not there. Now, it's here because in, in the, uh, from, from their taking, Jesus the Messiah, what are they saying? The, the, the question of the day, then and now, is who was Jesus? Who was Jesus of Nazareth? Well, Jesus was the Messiah, the Messiah sent from God. They want that to be how you understand Jesus. We also have here uh, God our Father, also present in the text, separate from Jesus the Messiah. And I think that is an interesting fact um, even though in the Greek it's, you'll find Jesus Christ or in one way and then Christ Jesus in another uh, without the, the article there, um, <clears throat> which is um, 
is is you know the article before words names and 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 uh, events things of that sort the definite article in the Greek see the Greek has no indefinite article so when you see the definite article it, it means something it's it's pointing towards the original the the um, the absolute essence of what it is the Messiah or the Christ you know the word Christ and Messiah are in the Greek it's it's Christ and uh, Messiah is how it's translated for us and we know what that means so it was addressed to all the saints to all the saints there in the uh, fellowship in in uh, Philippians I like that uh, he's including them along with uh, with the elders and deacons that were with them there uh, within the congregation so grace be with you and peace and these are uh, very Jewish uh, terms uh, that uh, mean um, of course the word grace is is the idea of um, well it has the idea of mercy but it also has the idea idea of uh, care uh, a real idea of caring for them peace is the peace that only God can supply that's what the Hebrew word means the peace the shalom of God it's from him there are men men can't have peace with other men there's only one way to be in Christ and then we have peace or should have peace but we can make those decisions ourselves You know, the words mean so very much. When I look at these first two verses, I, I'm just I'm stunned by the gravity of it. To the Lord's assemblies, these words, Jesus the Messiah and God our Father, and, and the notations of who the letter is written to are all very, very important to them. They mean a lot, as we say. And it also has the ideas we're going to follow in the follow, following verses. The idea of the salutation of God and, and Jesus the Messiah is saying that the, the assembly in Philippi is in agreement with the way. The way is the way of Christ. God's pattern. You see, that's where the issue comes in. That, that's the separation within Christendom, as it's known. Um, and I don't know why they call it Christendom, um, because it, even Christianity, uh, they are, um, there's many names in the New Testament for the Lord's Assembly, which is, and that's one, but the Church of God, the Church of the Redeemer. All of these things pointing towards, of course, the Father and the Son, who is also our Savior, our Redeemer, and certainly the Messiah of Israel, the promised Messiah. So the words mean a lot, but the idea is that the congregation there 
is being is being uh, spoken of by the apostle in a in a very good light. Now, if you read the letter to the, the churches in Galatia, you'll find that Paul makes a comment about in the second chapter, uh, basically that they had moved away from the original gospel message. Who has bewitched you? It says. It's by the way, in that little phrase there, that word bewitched is in the middle voice. In other words, they were responsible for their own departure, their own division, um, because it, they had done it to themselves. Number one, they had free will, but number two, they were seeking these things. So I, I wanted to. Um, share that Jesus the Messiah with you because it's, it's a no other translation. It means the same thing as Jesus Christ, of course. We know that. But this is the foundation of the, the Lord's church or the Lord's assembly. This is the foundation. That's where we start. And it ends with a greeting. Peace, grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus the Messiah. Now why is that greeting so important? Well, it's very important because when the apostle is speaking on behalf of heaven there, he speaks on behalf of heaven and sends the greeting of the Father to the assembly there in Philippi. To me, that's sensational. And the Father wants to send his greeting to every assembly, every group that's ever come together in the name of his Son to live in a way that is proper and, and, um, and useful to him. That's the concept here. His Son did the same thing, Jesus of Nazareth. We're studying in John. We're, we're finding out how it is that, and how, as Nathan said, Jesus sweating drops of blood in the garden. This is the way. This was God's remedy for sin, that it would be forgiven by blood that was pure and without sin, and that was the only payment for sin that could be offered. But it, took, but it took a great uh, willingness, a great love of Jesus of Nazareth and the Father in heaven to bring about such an act. Because we don't, the world doesn't recognize sin as any big thing. Most people would, would feel that having their car repossessed is far more grave than them sinning or telling a lie. That's just, that's just wrong, friends. So, I mean, you see, when you put it on the, on the base, look there, it seems almost silly. The things we worry about, and, and, but we're not worried about sin. 
But what we know is people that are outside of Christ are taking all their sins with them every day. They have no hope because of this, the bondage of sin. The Jews were awaiting their redemption. From what? Well, from foreign countries ruling them and taking all their possessions. No, but that's what they were thinking. It was their sin that was weighting them down. And it took Jesus to tell them just what it was, and he did. Next few verses I want to read, because it's talking about, we're not going to get through it today, but it's talking about in fellowship with the Lord's apostles. This idea of fellowship, um, I noticed that it seems like, I wonder how many church camps there are in the United States that are, the name on the sign says Koinonia. I've seen a few, not so many of myself. Uh, and of course, it, it's the idea of fellowship. And if you've ever been to a, uh, a church camp from, from the churches uh, of Christ and the Christian churches, you'll know that it really is a fellowship. It really is a time. It really is a time that you are surrounded and immersed in all that is Christian. Every night we had a revival meeting of all the kids in the, uh, that came to camp with the preachers from the congregations would come and preach a gospel sermon every night of that camp for a whole week. You were totally in it. It makes a difference. You were taken out of the normal world and put into that. I don't know if you've ever experienced it or not, I enjoyed the time. As a matter of fact, one of those times uh, is where I, when I was baptized, along with a number of others. Um, because that's the atmosphere there. That's koinonia. That's what fellowship is. And we all desire that fellowship, but we have very little of it in this world. It's very difficult to do so. So verses, I just want to be, read verses 3 through 8 to start with. I thank my God at the constant re, uh, recollection of you in all my prayers and uh, prayers respecting you. And while I rejoice, I adore on account of your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until the now. Now, that's another peculiarity in the Greek. There's a definite article before the word now in, in the Scripture. Um, he's making a point. Right up to the moment they are receiving this letter, they were involved. Because I am confident of this, that he who hath begun a good works in you will accomplish them until the day of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. For thus it is right for me to think of you, of you all, because you are present permanently in my heart, and because both in my bonds and in the vindication of the truth of the gospel, you are my associates in in grace. For God is my witness, how I love you in the bowels of Jesus, 
the Messiah. Now, if you receive a letter like that from somebody, I think you would understand just how much that person cares for you. That person who is sent by the the Savior of mankind, the Son of God, cares for you when you receive a letter with, with those sorts of expressions in them. Now, I want to be in that group. I don't think anyone would say, I don't care about that. Of course you do. You do care about it. You want to be. I've had people say, I want to become a Christian when I stop. I just got to stop doing all the things I'm doing. When I get things straightened out, I want to become a Christian. When I learn more about the Bible, I want to become a Christian. Well, I will say that you need to learn more about the Bible. But if you're going to wait until you've got everything straightened out and you don't have any more problems, you're going you're gonna to be waiting a lot longer than you, than you need to. As a matter of fact, if, if you uh, ask somebody who's a little older, you'll find that problems are what we, we live amongst our, our, all of our days, from the first problem that we realize we have to when we're about to leave this world, we're still having problems. Matter of fact, most folks that are passing away are having some kind of difficulty that they've been dealing with for some time. So in the fellowship with the Lord's possible, the Lord's apostles, now what kind of fellowship is it? It's prayerful, it's financial, it's a real partnership in the gospel. A real partnership. That means that you are involved. The the apostolic message that Paul had preached to these people. Now there were preachers and evangelists in the area preaching that very same message to others. That's real fellowship in the gospel. The pure gospel message of the apostles is what we're to present to the world, then and now. We don't need a new uh, uh, technology to preach the truth of the gospel. The technology just helps us uh, publish such, such a wonderful message to a bigger crowd or even in their own language or, you know, all the benefits there is of it. We need to use all the benefits we can, all the abilities we have. But there's a big difference in the people of that day and this day. The people that came and, and many of them that came and listened, they were, they were conversationalists. They, they communicated with others. They didn't have all the distractions. You know, I wouldn't hardly have to say a single word all day long but come right down to it. I could listen, watch, point, or whatever. Conversation is what they did. They, the art of conversation. Um, 
That's what's going away in our society. All we have left is boastful lies and complaints. That's our conversation. It's not very helpful. But when we're presenting the Lord's Apostles' message that came from heaven, we're, we're in a place that, that we're going to be supported by the Lord himself in what we do. I'm going to pause there today because we're out of time. But I want you to read this passage. Read the first 11 verses again and again. And we meet next time we'll finish this. But we're in the, the idea of the fellowship with the Lord's apostles, which is necessary. Necessary to become a Christian. And that fellowship means that we're involved in it. That we believe it. We're not critiquing the apostles' doctrine. We're not critiquing what it is to be a Christian. We're, we're studying and we're learning and we're obeying. We don't critique the direction from heaven, from the very, from the very uh, mouth of God. And that's what the gospel message is and that's what the apostles taught concerning men and women. That's who we are. We are born into this world to learn of our Creator, to find out the things that please and displease Him, and to find salvation because of the fact that we have free will and we will sin and depart from God's ways. We need a Savior. And all of these things are our duty in this lifetime to take care of. So we'll look at these uh, scriptures again and uh, try to get everything we can out of them. And I think you'll think the same way I do, that the assembly in Philippi was, was, would have been a wonderful place to be, really. And it would have been a, a real joy to see how these people were. Um, I, uh, that would just be very good. We, but we certainly can read, can't we? We can certainly take a look at it as the Apostle does. And there's a lot in Philippians, a lot of good teaching from the Apostle. Um, and it's all presented because of the love of God, because of the love of Christ, and because of the love of the Apostles that they had for the world of men. They were sent out as, um, as, as they were mere men went out, but with under the direction of the Lord himself and, and the truth of the words from heaven. And they did great things because the providence of God is still active. And the power of the gospel message, read it, first chapter of Romans, the gospel message has a power within its own words and within the subject matter that causes men and women to desire to know God, to a desire to find that peace and salvation. And that is how God draws men to him 
through his son Jesus Christ. So with that, I will pause today thanking you for your attention. And we'll continue on. We uh, have a song of uh, invitation. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.